0: The Tulane Executive MBA program has given me the business acumen to perfectly complement my technical expertise, creating limitless career opportunities. I'm Claude Davis.
1: legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas and by Orange Theory Fitness delivering fitness results for a healthier world
2: from Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Ashuti Peter Ashuti is Tulane University's
3: A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I want to start out by telling you about an interesting observation I made recently at the dry cleaner. I happened to be standing at the counter when a guy wheeled a big rack of freshly cleaned men's dress shirts out of the back and almost every shirt was a shade of blue or white or some combination of blue and white. I said to the guy do you do all the blue and white dress shirts at the same time and he said no they're all blue and white because that's what everybody wears which is really striking. Think about how many shades of brown, orange, purple, green and every other colored dress shirt men could wear but we don't. The blue and white dress shirts observation spills over into business in general, and maybe life itself. Although we're all making our own, individual, unique decisions, those decisions, by and large, are confined to a narrow set of choices. Once in a while, however, you meet a person who has stepped outside those confines and made a bold and adventurous choice, like my guest Matt Schwartz. Like many people, Matt goes to work in the morning, probably with a blue or white shirt, but, but what Matt does at work is bolder and more adventurous than most of us could imagine. Matt is the CEO of a company called Domain Companies. Matt co-founded the company out of college in 2004 with his fraternity brother, Chris Papa Michael. Chris and Matt set out to build affordable housing. Today, they have developed over $1 billion worth of real estate. They have 130 employees, and their 14 local projects include the South Market District and the CBD, the Meridian on Tulane Avenue, Gold Seal Lofts in Mid-City, as well as two developments in Baton Rouge, and six in New York. Matt, a lot has happened since we last met here in 2015. Welcome back to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Christina Belzebrae could have decided on a safe and secure career as an employee at some very fine establishments. Christina started out as a baker at Satsuma Cafe in the Bywater. After that, she worked for Donald Link and made a name for herself as a baker at Willa Jean. In 2019, Christina went into business for herself, opening a bakery just off Magazine Street in the Garden District called Levee. Levee is spelled the same as Levy, as in Floodwall, but in French, leve means to rise. I'm getting so smart here. Levee La- has been an immediate success. The bakery already has eight employees, and Christina is reportedly beyond excited at the prospect of having a day off. Christina, welcomed to out to lunch. Thank you. Now, Matt, we'll talk about the nuts and bolts of property development and the changing face of New Orleans real estate in a minute, but let's start by talking about my trip to the dry cleaner, specifically about what separates you from the rest of us in the blue and white shirts. You did the same MBA thousands of other people do. You could have done any number of things with your degree. You're a really smart guy. Even as a property developer, you could have had a very successful, small, hands-on business. What is it about you, do you think, that has given you the foresight or courage or whatever it is to hire 130 people and finance millions of dollars of real estate here and in New York?
0: Well, I think first, we really have always wanted to take on projects that we're passionate about. Um, for us, that has meant making a positive impact in the communities that we work in. Uh, we always choose communities that we're very tied to, closely tied to personally. Uh, so New Orleans, of course, is one of those. New York is is another. And we really look at ourselves at, be, at being first and foremost in the community development business and really look for High-impact projects that can make that positive impact, and by virtue of doing that, they're things that we and our team get very excited about, are passionate about, really throw ourselves into, uh, and it makes the the work we do
3: every day fun to do. And you came from uh, related companies in New York. That was a that's a big, big firm. Right. Well, I was originally your student. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's so great. That's the thing. Oh, I got to mention that. Oh. I brag about that on street You got corners. me to start going to class, so that, okay. that was <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> well, thank you. They, uh, what did you learn, uh, not in our class, but what did you learn at Related <laughs> that made you think you could, um, that you had the chops to go do it yourself?
0: Yeah, well, R- Related was really my introduction to the affordable housing business. So, you know, I started at Related when I graduated. I knew I wanted to go into development. But it was really there that I developed the passion for impact investing and um, and community-driven investment and, and development. Uh, Related really taught me how to work with communities um, and how to align uh, our interests with the interests of communities um, to make sure that we not only had could achieve successful outcomes but could also get the support of, of the people that we were working with and the neighborhoods that we were building in. So that of course was instrumental, that experience was instrumental post-Katrina uh, coming to New Orleans and, and really needing to, to generate that support but have the support of the
3: community in order for those projects to be successful. Without that, they never could have. Done. You needed our support, but we needed you. It was no question about that. Christina, you know you're a great baker. You've proven that over the past few years. But when you're running your own business, having a great product is, it's frankly, it's just the beginning. You can be the greatest baker in New Orleans, but if you don't have management skills, people won't want to work for you. If you don't have marketing skills, nobody will even know that you're open for business. LaVey got off to a flying start, and your staff is still with you, so obviously you're doing something right besides baking. How did you prepare yourself for the new role as business owner before you opened?
2: Um, I just really wanted to create an environment where... um, communication um is really valued and if anybody ever has an issue working there that it would be an open place to talk about whatever issues there are kitchens can be very um difficult places to work I
3: watch those shows yeah
2: (laughs) it can be a really hostile environment and I wanted to create a space where people actually felt like they could breathe and we were doing things uh with good energy and I think that that translates into the food um if you're doing things um sort of hastily and not really thinking about it and just going through the motions, it just doesn't come out as good. And we're using really amazing ingredients. So I think having... Um, being able to provide that for people as a place... It's its its a place that I, I always wanted to work. We're somewhere where, like, your um, opinions and your creativity is valued amongst anything else in your community. So we just wanted to translate that into the food we're making, too.
3: Does good feelings translate into good tasting food?
2: I, I think it does. I think it has a huge importance and especially if I just remember um, having the experience of not I don't know not being happy in the situation that I was in and that and something wouldn't come out right or I would mess it up because I wasn't totally focused on it. So I, I think there is this, it is a creative experience, and if you're not feeling good about it or not happy with your environment, then that's gonna translate into what you're making.
3: But you you came up with a, probably not came up with, this, it's been kind of a circuitous route for, as, a, as an entrepreneur. Yeah, the the pop-up?
2: Yeah, we did pop-ups for two and a half years, and we did the farmer's market. Um, So coming from those, we were able to build relationships with the neighborhood and the community that we were in, and also all of our vendors. So I know all of the farmers who make our produce. I know the millers who mill our flour. We know where it comes from. We're really passionate about making sure the ingredients have... um, It's a single-source place. Like We know where everything is coming from.
3: And a lot of it's local.
2: Yeah, most of it. 90% of it is local.
3: One of the things I loved about both of your stories is the fact that you chose your schools based on New Orleans and just kind of fell in love with the city. Uh, the, um, Matt, you're, did you just come down for, like, orientation or, or admissions? What happened?
0: Yeah, no, we, I came down with my parents to see the school. I'd never been to New Orleans before. And we had been a bunch of other places, and I think it was, you know, within... Moments. You've heard this story before that we that we got to New Orleans and drove through, and I was hooked. Me too. I remember that night. I I actually went to uh, my dad took me to see a Dr. John show. Well, that's cheating. It was game over. <laughs> you know. <it> was, <laughs> so really, I was never looked anywhere else after that. So. Wow. Yeah. You, and
3: same you're, story. You're you're yeah. a music person yourself. didn't yeah,
2: you? Yeah. I I moved here. I mean, I, we went to. Um, look at Loyola. And I had never been to New Orleans before, but I've had a lot of family come through here and live here over time. So I knew a lot about it. Um, and then we, my uncle who lives here part-time took us to Frenchman street and I just fell in love. I was like, Oh, this is it. I'm not going anywhere else. So, and I moved here a couple months after that. So.
3: And Matt, can you give us the chronology of, um, of what you, you've yet an idea for a place you've physically found the location do you then go out and raise money for it?
0: Yeah, it's, it's usually starts with, with the challenge, like the, you know, the particular need that we see within a community, whether it's affordable housing or creative workspace, a particular restaurant or retail use. And then we'll start to develop a plan around that um, and look to identify a site. Sometimes it could start with a building and then the plan develops around the building, kind of match the need with the building. And then as, as that comes together, we'll go and run parallel paths through design and programming and financing at the same time. So each project is kind of like its own individual startup.
3: Because I remember, um, I, I guess one of your first projects was over on Tulane Avenue, which was took amazing guts on your part, by the way, if we remember what Tulane Avenue used to look like. Um, when you were pitching that to financiers, without a track record, that must have been pretty tough i assume it's getting easier because of your how well you've done
0: progressively yeah um but we we like to we tend to gravitate toward challenging projects and i i think that's what's what's fun the post katrina years were a challenge was twofold it was the projects themselves but also convincing people to invest in new orleans and and that you know we had a bright future and
3: and bright prospects christina you have yeah I mean I would use the term you have kind of a cult following there's a big line out in front of the now the other cults have not worked out well I think (laughs) you remember Charles Manson but um how did you do it I mean you were um you know you 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 know, almost claim that you didn't come from a business background and all, but how did you, was it just great food and people found it? That isn't usually how it works.
2: I think that, um, well, social media had a huge role in it. Um, It was, I started it about five years ago now. So I started it as a way to be creative outside of work, and I really wanted to learn how to uh, do food photography. And so I just started experimenting at home and putting pictures online, and I was, part of it was, how can I connect with people through this platform um, to show that we have such an abundance of beautiful food in Louisiana? And how can I translate that to people and connect with people? And over time, it just grew and it, it worked. And um, I was able to develop a lot of relationships through that. Um, and then and pop-ups. And then I did wholesale for a bunch of cafes. And then it just grew into this thing and then I, I quit my job and then every Saturday we had pop-ups at a Mosquito Supper Club and I was able to do that and it was an amazing thing.
3: And you worked at Willow Jeans. Uh, I
2: did I was there briefly uh, my mentor worked there and I was part of the bread program there.
3: Matt is that it, one of your buildings?
0: It is um, mm-hmm. but I was before that I was gonna say the food is is incredible so I, I was mm-hmm. I we I didn't know that we were doing this this afternoon together and I was there Saturday oh you were at morning. her wow. shop at her thank shop with, with my kids yeah so we um i have a three and a half year old she got a biscuit that i think was like the size of her head <laughs> um, but but absolutely loved it so we're we're thank big you. fans thank yeah. you thank <laughs> you Oh, and is the, uh, is willa jeans
3: uh her, yes is w- it w- part w- of the- willa jeans in one of our developments yeah yep. wow, that is uh that is great you're listening down to, to lunch i'm peter Raschuti. i'm talking with christina belzebrae owner and baker at LaVey Baking Company and property developer Matt Schwartz, CEO of Domain Companies. We'll be right back after this very brief break. You're listening to out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with property developer Matt Schwartz, CEO of Domain Companies, and Christina Belzebray. She's the owner and baker at LaVey Baking Company. Christina, I want to ask you about what we always talk about is city getting better and better and i guess this is a matt question too um but you know we talk about the pros and cons of gentrification i mean you were in the bywater what what have you done it's, what i read is that you've done a lot of uh, work beyond a business you've done a lot in the community is that how you're kind of facing this issue or
2: um in terms of being in certain neighborhoods yeah i think it's really important to know who your neighbors are um And every neighborhood that I've ever lived in, I've always been close with the block and like the people who are around. And I think the same goes for when I was at Mosquito Supper Club Um, and just getting to know the people around you and forming connections with them. I think that's vital in this city because it is though every neighborhood not only has its own character, but its own little community. And I think it's really important to keep those connections alive. Um, and that goes for, I've lived here for f- almost 15 years and every neighborhood I've lived in, I've had those connections. And it's and people th- that I used to live next to f- five years ago when I started Love, you still come to the bakery now. And it's, you know, being able to see that process and see the people who kind of watched you do it. Um, and they're still coming, I mean, it's a huge thing. It's New Orleans, that's what New Orleans is. It's
3: you know, we, we have a lot of very good, sold business people on the show, but you two are particularly. Uh, um, Matt, you were starting out when you went on your own, and I know money was tough and, and all of that, but you started off right from the beginning being uh, in green buildings. And you know at the time, it wasn't the thing everybody was talking about. Uh, where did all that? Where did that goodness come from, Matt? That's what I want to know.
0: Well, I think coincidentally, I'm I'm going to an event tonight with John Elstrat on oh, yeah. conscious capitalism. So a, a, another person who had a big influence on me in, in college, and I think from from the outset, we've really looked at our business in that way. Um, you know, what what is the impact that we're having on the environment, the community at large, um, and like I said before, how 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 could we align those interests? So. You know, for us that starts with, it, it has a lot to do with the product that we're creating in terms of its architecture, how it speaks to the neighborhood, the sustainability of the product, and then how it engages with the community. So um, street front retail uses, what are those uses? Uh, how the housing is programmed and who it's meant to serve, making sure it's a diverse mix of, of people and, and it aligns with, um, with that particular community.
3: And, Christina, I was very impressed by the fact that you felt like you got a, a nice break from the people over at uh, Mosquito Supper Club getting your pop And now you're trying to, I guess, pay it forward with some other folks that needed a little lift like that.
2: Yeah, we started doing a couple of pop-ups um, here and there and just offering the space um, to people who are doing their own thing. And that's how Mosquito was also born, was doing pop-ups. Um, Mosquitoes a- are born from water bottle. Well, that's true. Yeah, sorry, that's another okay. <laughs> that's another way, um, but that's, it's just kind of, um, it's a really good time in this city in the last, you know, 10 years of doing pop-ups and turning that into a business. I think people here, people who live here really crave um, that kind of creativity from people and they will gravitate towards it because it's this exciting new thing that's happening. Um, and I'm really excited that I can host people and ha- I have the space to do it. So...
0: I think people in this community really are looking to engage with the community in, in a, at a level that I haven't seen in, in other places that we've worked, and you know that's that's benefited us from a business perspective. We we really look when you look at the uh, apartment industry, you know, a lot of people they just want to know where's the building, where's the apartment, you know, how much does it cost. For us, we've we've really been able to make a connection with our customers at the brand level as a company that has those principles and, and, is, and, and is engaged in, in that way. So they know that if it's one of your buildings, it's going to have those. Right. So, so we'll, we'll, we design programs, and a lot of this came after that, that post-Katrina experience, like our my community program, for example, where each property will let the on-site team at the property choose three nonprofit organizations that are having an impact in that community and then for every lease we sign or lease we, we renew we'll we let the residents choose one of those nonprofits and then make a contribution on their behalf at the end of the year show everybody in the building where those funds went and what they uh what they went to do and then throughout the year we'll try to find um a, a number of other opportunities to help support those groups we we always looked at the projects that we do as being um our impact as extending beyond just the property line so Um, you know, we have 130 employees, but we have thousands of residents locally and our impact really isn't just what we can do with the employees. It's what we can do with the residents as well. So throughout the course of the year, we'll design, um, volunteer events, uh, not only for our employees, but for the residents and work side by side. Um, and then, and that gives people that sense of connection, uh, that I think in new Orleans people are really looking for and really enjoy. Um, and it's a great
3: experience. If I had to thank you for nothing else, it would be to get rid the fact that you got rid of all its surface parking downtown. Yeah, it really well, looks like a real city now. We, we,
0: don't, we did piss off a lot of tailgaters. <laughs> oh, that's true. I didn't <laughs> right, even think right.
3: about that. Thing. You're listening to out to lunch. I'm Peter Rashudi. I'm talking with property developer Matt Schwartz, CEO of Domain Companies, and Christina Belzebrae. She's the owner and baker at LeVay. The Baking Company in the Garden District. Matt and Christina, this is the part of the show we call your brother-in-law. You're finally getting a bit of quiet time at your desk when the phone rings. It's your brother-in-law. He usually only calls when he's going out of town and needs someone to go by and feed his fish. But this time it's different. This time he has a business proposition for you. Matt, your brother-in-law says he got a great idea from watching Sydney Torres' TV show about property development. Sydney has his own private jet, and he's got a resort that looks like a private island in the Bahamas. Your brother-in-law says he's just been on vacation in Jamaica, he's found a great spot, it's a cove on the beach, it's beautiful, and it's for sale. Your brother-in-law says he's prepared to pick up and move to Jamaica and put the deal together for you to build a resort. What do you tell your brother-in-law? Is building a resort in Jamaica an idea with any merit at all? First, my brother-in-law's a doctor, so I think this is a terrible, <laughs>
0: right, right, right off the bat. I, yeah. I, I, I don't want to go down this path. Um, it, it's it's a totally different business than than, than what we do. Um, that particular project, Sydney's project, certainly looked very exciting um, and and very cool. But for us, it would it would really be about. Um, you know, what is it about that project that's going to that's gonna make it the most fun thing that, that we've ever worked on before? You know, what is, what is the impact it's having? What's the unique angle? Um, maybe, it's a, maybe it's an echo resort. Maybe there's something that, right. you know, we could do to push uh, the margins on sustainability um, or partner with local workforce, um, either in the development or the operation of it. You know, we'd really be looking for some unique angle there you know, to, to make it something exciting that But you are
3: pushing your, your own envelope, aren't you? Like, is the, uh, the Odeon, is that how do you pronounce that? Odeon. Odeon. Yep. Um You are pushing your own envelope in that uh, the Odeon f- uh, project you have downtown, that's it's a lot higher than your usual projects. It's, uh, it's luxury. Um, what is it like to make that step? I mean, uh, obviously, you've got more than, uh, than a standardized model in your, in your uh, arsenal. Yeah, the, the Odeon, that
0: reflects where we really hope things were going when, when we got started in, in the city. So, you know, that, that project is 30 stories. It's the tallest building built in the city in 30 years. Um, and we had assembled that site as part of the South Market assemblage in 2010. But the way we approached that, that development was really to introduce buildings that gradually increased in terms of density. As the city could support it, so you know this—that's a project that two years ago would have been impossible. Um, certainly five years, certainly ten years ago. So I think the Odeon really reflects how far the city has come. Certainly since since Katrina and and the projects we were working on since then, it's reflects the diversification and the growth of, of our economy. And and I think that. You know, we're hopeful that taking on a project like that and having that project be successful will stimulate more investment in New Orleans um, and
3: attract more people to the city. Now, Christina, your brother-in-law says he's got two words that'll make your business financially secure. Do you have a brother-in-law? Okay, all right, (laughs) you ought to get one. Here are the two words. King cake. He says, everybody in New Orleans is looking for the holy grail, the perfect traditional affordable king cake, not with the cheese filling or flaky pastry or any of the other fancy recent updates, just a good old fashioned straight ahead king cake. Your brother-in-law says, if you develop the recipe and can turn out king cakes by the thousands from January 1st to Mardi Gras, he's prepared to quit his job and run Levee King Cakes full time. What do you tell your brother-in-law? Could a focus on a seasonal king cake actually be a good way to finance your business?
2: So, we do we do king cakes, but not we kind of limit them because um, they are so labor intensive, and especially, even though we have a new kitchen, it's not as big as our old. It's still not a huge kitchen where we can mass produce things. The th- I would, it's a great idea and a lot of other bakeries do it, but I don't really want to be a mass producer of it because I still want it to be when you have it in your hands, this perfectly flaky thing that only had a couple of processes instead of like a massive. Doing it on a massive scale is a completely different undertaking. Um, but if we can control what we're doing and limit the number, then we can assure that everything comes out the way it's supposed to.
3: So this might not have the love and it good feelings that come into well, the food
2: that's the thing is like I as much as we could produce we could get another kitchen we could get a refrigerated truck and put it outside and have more storage I want to keep it small um and manageable so that is just my own take just you know since we're only four months in
3: and I, I see you're uh very comfortable where you are now and you, sh- you should you should be uh, people must ask you like at parties are you going to scale are you going to open a second place
2: no and
3: the answer is no no
2: i i am i am so happy with how it is right now i just i think opening up a second locate if i thought about it it would be three years from now but nothing soon so
3: yeah and, and i i've got to tell you christina we're having a lot of uh difficulty the the producer and i because we're trying to figure out this levee versus levy. all right so it's not the same word one's a verb well,
2: in French, it's, it's to rise, it's levee, but we just call it levy because it's a play on words, it's, it's the levee and levee, and um, actually there's a baker that has a huge, it's, she's an inspiration for what we're doing too. Um, Margaret Howery, she's uh, the breadwoman of New Orleans, and she has a statue on Britannia and Camp Street, and her bakery was on Old Levee Street in uh, the quarter, which is now Decatur Street.
3: Matt, we talked about all your projects and people talk about the Ace Hotel. Are you the owner of the Ace Hotel? Yes. You are? So you're not just the guy that put the sheetrock in and all that? No. <laughs> so we it- did that too. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a, and the word would not be chain, it's a series of boutique hotels. So the, are you under um, a central, uh, central corporate office there?
0: Yeah, so a- Ace is, is the company that manages the property for us.
3: And then you liked it so much you built one across the street?
0: Uh, Maison de la Luz, right? that's our, our new hotel that we, co- we collaborated with Ace to create a new five-star brand.
3: Why do I think that if we had you on every week, you would have a different project? <laughs> I want to keep them
0: coming. I'll try.
3: <laughs> Whether you're an entrepreneur running a multi-state billion-dollar property business or a small garden district bakery, one of the similar problems you have is getting away from work, even for something as simple as lunch. Christina and Matt, I really appreciate you both taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. This has been great. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Matt Schwartz, CEO of Domain Companies, and Christina Belzebray. She's the owner and baker at LaVey Baking Company. You can find out more about Matt's buildings and Christina's bakery by following the links on our website. It's New Orleans. Com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer is Eric Merle, and our researcher is Maggie Mendel. You can listen to the show and to past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts, and you can find all of our podcasts at It's New Orleans. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from today's show on itsneworleans.com and on our Out to Lunch social media. These photos were taken today by Jill Lafleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO. FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business, New Orleans style on Out to Lunch.
1: Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones-Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and by Basic Swim and Gym and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, the It's New Orleans Happy Hour podcast, and by... Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world.